2005 UTC right after the international Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the March 21st edition of the sunny side of sports. It's a big week in African men's football. Ten teams are preparing for their first leg matches in their 2022 FIFA World Cup qualifying series. All of the matches are scheduled for Friday, March 25th, with the return legs on March 29th. The winners of the five home and away ties will advance to the World Cup in Qatar in November. Let's take a look at Friday's matchups. Egypt will host Senegal in Cairo. Our sunny side of sports listeners will remember these teams met last month in the Africa Cup of Nations final in Cameroon, where Senegal defeated Egypt 4-2 on penalty kicks after 120 minutes of scoreless football. In the four other World Cup qualifying playoff matches on Friday, Cameroon will host Algeria. The Democratic Republic of Congo is at home against Morocco. Mali will host Tunisia. And in Kumasi, Ghana is at home against Nigeria. For a look at the Ghana versus Nigeria playoff, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. Fisayo Dairo. Football matches between Ghana and Nigeria are worth waiting for at any international level, be it in the men's game or in the women's game, be it at the senior national team level or at the underage level. These two West African arch rivals will always bring fireworks to the table when they come toe-to-toe. And the rivalry between these two countries even goes beyond the field of play and spreads to other works of life. So this meeting between the two teams this week will always going to be a very explosive one. So we should definitely expect fireworks because on the football level, these two teams know what it means to be at the FIFA World Cup. Ghana almost made an African record in 2010 when they were eliminated at the quarterfinal stage by Uruguay. But they missed out at the last World Cup in Russia. They really want to be back among the big boys. Nigeria's Super Eagles have been at the last three World Cup finals and they want to keep that record going. So it is certainly be going to be the best of African football. It's going to be the best of West African football on parade. And then that little bit of rivalry among both teams will make for pleasant vein for the neutrals. So definitely I'm expecting fireworks. I expect the fans to expect that as well because the stakes cannot just be higher than this. Every country wants to be at a World Cup. Every every country wants their nation to be on the roll call of the 32 nations that we hoist their flags at the Mundial. And this time around, it's, it's just one slot available for both Ghana and Nigeria. And whoever will take it, will make sure they literally shed every blood in their vein. Super Eagles of Nigeria midfielder Wilfred Ndidi will miss the game against Ghana because of an injury 
he picked during a Europa Cup game. Do you think his absence will affect the team? Wilfred indeed he has been one of Nigeria's mainstay in midfield for the past five years or thereabouts. So definitely his absence should be felt by the team. You know, for Ndidi, he has been one of the best midfielders in Europe as well. And even at the last Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon, he was one of the few Nigerian players that started all the four matches. And for him to be missing out of this one is a huge blow for the team and a cruel blow for the national for the national team handlers. But having said that, Nigeria is a country of over 120 million people with over a million footballers and over thousands of footballers spread across the globe, they should be able to get a replacement. Maybe not a like-for-like replacement for Ndidi, but a replacement, yes, because the Ghanaians also boast of one of the finest midfielders in Europe at the moment, Thomas Partey, who is their captain. Definitely Ndidi's absence will be a, a source of worry to Nigerian fans. But like I mentioned earlier on, that should not be an excuse for Nigeria not to be able to get something from the game. Because every play, player will miss games at one point or the other. And if the Africa's most populous nation cannot boast of a good replacement for a player, then they have no business going to the World Cup. Fesayo, what should Nigerians expect from the Super Eagles in the game against Ghana? There will always be expectations on the part of both sides. Yes, like I said, Ghanaians want to be at the World Cup. Nigerians want to be at the World Cup. So the Super Eagles fans haven't seen a little taste of how the team should play at the group stage of the last Africa Cup of Nations. I think they should expect more in terms of play intensity, in terms of commitment. But more importantly, they should expect good results. Going to Ghana is not going to be easy. The Babayara Stadium in Kumasi, which hosts the first leg, is known as a slaughter slab for the Ghanaians. But any sort of result that will be easy to close out in Abuja in the second leg should be what the fans should wait for. And I'm sure that is what the team themselves will be going out for. Are they able to get a maximum win in Kumasi? Yes, they should go for it. And if they are not able to get the maximum win, perhaps they could hold out for a draw or maybe a slim loss. But from, from the fans' perspective, they want their team to win always. They want their team not just to win, but to win and win good. And it's not too much to ask from them. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLsports.com. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta joins us once again with a look at the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. English strike of Nigerian descent, Bukai Osaka scored the only goal as Arsenal beat Aston Villa 1-0 at Villa Park. The result saw the Gunners bounce back from a midweek defeat by Liverpool and move four points clear of Manchester United with a game in hand in the race to qualify for next season's Champions League. Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta held his team's victory. 
So I think that's a big win for us. Uh, we was left the defeat by the great performance that we had against Liverpool. We wanted to get back winning. Um, we had in a good run. I think we, we played fantastically well in big periods of the match. But we didn't put the game to bed when we had the, the chances. And when you don't do that, obviously, at the end, you're going to suffer. But again, we showed the, the resilience and the, and the spirit on the team to win it. Aston Villa manager Steven Gerrard, however, expressed his disappointment with his team's performance. I think it was a tough first half because we allowed it to be tough. I thought we were indecisive in a lot of the things we tried to do. Um, I thought our performance lacked belief. And it wasn't until half-time onwards that we really showed that you know we could improve, uh, that we could be much better in the game. Um, but at that point, you're obviously 1-0 down, you're chasing it, you've got to take a few gambles and a few risks that normally you didn't want to do in the original game plan. Um, but we were much better second half. First half, we deserved to be behind. I thought we were second best. There was Aston Villa manager Steven Gerrard giving his reaction following his team's Premier League loss against Arsenal. Timothy Castagna and James Madison both registered their names on the score sheet to help Leicester beat Brentford 2-1. While a brace from South Korean forward Heng Min Son and an on goal from French footballer of Central African Republic descent Kat Zuma ensured Tottenham cruise to a 3-1 win against West Ham, moving them to fifth in the table. Tottenham boss Antonio Conte was delighted with his team's performance. I'm, I'm very delighted. I'm very delighted uh... Not only for uh, for the three points, but for the performance. I think uh, today we played uh, really, really well, and we dominated the game from the start until the end. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed to to see my my team to play to play football. And uh, now I repeat, we have to continue to work, and uh, we are seeing uh, the improvement are very clear. And uh, in, in every game, but we have to continue. There was Tottenham manager Antonio Conte reacting to his team's victory against their London rivals West Ham in the Premier League. Belgian striker of Congolese descent Romelu Lukaku scored his 12th goal of the season as Chelsea registered a 2-0 victory against Middlesbrough, a team that had knocked out Giants, Manchester United and Tottenham on their way to the FA Cup quarterfinals. Moroccan winger Hakim Ziyech scored the second to send the Blues into the semi-finals which will be played at the Wembley Stadium next month. The Moroccan winger reflected on his team's performance. I think it started good on the left. Um, we switched side uh, on the right moment and, and I think I get the ball from Mason and, and, and uh, yeah, Aspi make the run behind me. And so I had, I had two options and I, I found the space and, and without of thinking... Uh, I thought I gonna shoot and and, and it went and it went in. So uh, yeah, it was a perfect goal. It's it's a good day for my for myself, of course, uh, and and for the team as well. Uh, we go back to Wembley. I think that is uh, that is the most important thing. And uh, yeah, we move on. Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel also shared his thoughts on the match. Super happy, super happy because we're very focused. A lot of effort. Uh, against the ball, we did not allow big chances. Um, we're very disciplined against the ball. Everybody put in a huge effort, so we defended like as a team, attacked as a team. And on the ball, we were like um, calm. We controlled the match. Uh, we tried, tried, uh, tried, uh, try. Uh, no, we we managed to find ways through the gaps. Um, to escape the high pressing, to find spaces behind the high pressing line, and and to create fast attacks, and 
to control the match in uh, decisive moments. We scored, uh, scored a second one, created then more chances. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy because and I'm very impressed also because it was like you said another another uh, very focused and uh, uh, very focused performance and a deserved win. Thanks, Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel reflecting on his team's victory against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup quarterfinals. The Blues will be taking part in the semi-finals of the competition for the fifth time in the last six years. They will face Crystal Palace, who beat Frank Lampard's Everton four goals to nil. Algerian playmaker Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden and English striker of Jamaican descent Raheem Sterling all scored to help Manchester City secure a 4-1 win against Southampton. City will next face Liverpool, who secured a 1-0 win against Nottingham Forest. The goal scorer Diogo Jota shared his thoughts on the match. Obviously, it was a tough game. Uh, they, they are a great team. They play with a lot of intensity. They gave us a proper fight. Uh, in the end, I think we deserve to go through. They had uh, uh, one big, big, big chance, the cross. Uh, I think they gave us a, a proper challenge here tonight. They play at home. They, their fans were outstanding. Uh, that was a really, really tough game, but we are in the semi-final. Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp gave his reaction following his team's performance. Massive compliment to Steve Cooper and his team, and was uh, played a really good game. Um, yeah, just they, they fought, um, they closed the, the gaps. We should have played, we should, could have and should have played better, um, but they made it really difficult. I think first half we should score the, 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 the sitter, Bobby. Probably that's really unlikely for him that he doesn't square the ball. I think Yogo is in a good position. That would have helped, obviously. But we didn't do that. They didn't have a lot in the first half. They had moments, long balls, counter-attacks, these kind of things. Um, but the game stayed open. We won it up and then um, the atmosphere and everything. So it was a massive boost for them. And uh, we came through and I'm really happy about with it. There's Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp reflecting on his Saints FA Cup quarter-final progression over Nottingham Forest. In the French league, gold from French striker of Tunisian descent with Sam Benyadere and Kevin Voland helped Monaco to a 3-0 win over Paris Saint-Germain, while second place Marseille and a 2-1 win against Nice courtesy of an Acadius Milik penalty and a late goal by DR Congolese forward Cedric Bakambu. Third place Rene and a 6 1 victory at home against Maids, while Belgian midfielder of Senegalese descent Amadou Onana scored his first French league goal as Lille South Nantes 1 0. And finally, in La Liga, Gabon striker Pierre Emerick Aubameyang scored twice, while Ronald Araujo and Ferran Torres added a goal each to ensure Barcelona claimed a 4 1 El Clasico win against their rivals Real Madrid in Banabeu. The Los Blancos, who are missing French striker of Algerian descent Karim Benzema, remain in control of the title race after second place Sevilla dropped points for the third game in a row with a nil-nil draw against Real Sociedad. Reporting for the sunny side of sports, I'm Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. On the next Straight Talk Africa. We'll talk with African students who have returned home from Ukraine. What attracted so many of them to universities in the Eastern European country? And we'll speak with a former president of Mauritius about reversing the continent's so-called brain drain. 
be sure to join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 1935 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. I'm VOA's Sonny Young. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In African club football, the field is almost set for the quarterfinals of the CAF Champions League tournament. Samson O'Malley reports. Seven of the eight quarterfinal boats in the CAF Champions League have been accounted for after Saturday, 19th March, saw match day five wrap up with five fixtures across the African continent. Thus far, Memelodi Sundance of South Africa, Raja Casablanca of Morocco, ES Sativ, Ospros Dutini, CL Bozidat, Petro du Luanda, and Wada Casablanca have secured progression into the final eight of the Premier CAF competition. Group A is the only section where a quarterfinal berth remains up for grabs as Al-Hakli and Al-Hilal, who will meet in Cairo in early April, compete to finish second behind Mamelodi Sundowns. And now to cricket news. Equipment the Kirk Firestorm on a five-wicket haul for player of the match, Kagiso Rabada, set the South African national cricket team, the Proteus, up for an easy seven-wicket win with 12.4 overs to spare over Bangladesh in the second one-day international at the Impera Wanderers in Johannesburg on Sunday. The result levels the series 1-1, setting up the designer in Centurion on Wednesday. The win also gives South Africa much-needed points in their bid to move into the top eight of the ICC's ODI Super League, which ensures automatic qualification for the next World Cup. South Africa's captain, Temba Bavuma, said that he was happy with the team's resilience and the ability to bounce back from an early loss. We'll take the positives from, from today and make sure that we... We put a big focus on them. Look, there's still areas that we'd like to improve on, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll take the confidence in whatever momentum we, we've achieved in this picture. In athletics, Nigerian long jumper Ese Brume won a silver medal at the 2022 World Athletics Indoor Championships. Ese picked up the silver medal following her third round effort of 6.85 meters. Ivana Veleta won gold at the event after hitting 7.06 meters. Thanks, Samson. That's Samson Omale. Olympic champions Mondo Duplantis of Sweden and Yulimar Rojas of Venezuela broke their own world records at the World Indoor Championships in Belgrade, Serbia. The 22-year-old Duplantis cleared 6 meters 20 in the men's pole vault, and the 26-year-old Rojas had a distance of 15 meters 74 in the women's triple jump. In professional golf, American Sam Burns has successfully defended his title at the Valspar Championship Tournament. George McNeely reports from Palm Harbor, Florida. It's deja vu here at the Valspar Championship at the Innisbrook Resort near Tampa, Florida, where Sam Burns drained a 35-foot birdie putt Sunday night on the second playoff hole, successfully defending his title 
and taking home nearly $1.4 million first place prize. Just drove it right through the rough there, kind of a similar line to what I hit um, in, the, in the regulation. Uh, I just hit this one a little bit better, so it snuck through in the rough, and then just trying to get something on the green to give ourselves a chance with a putter, and um, man, it came through. What a finish after 72 holes regulation in an all-Southeastern Conference alumni battle, Burns of Louisiana State and another 25-year-old pro, Davis Riley, who played at the University of Alabama, would finish 17 under par. Davis and I have been friends for a long time. We've played a lot of golf together. He's somebody that I've always looked up to. Um, he's a, he's a world-class player, uh, great guy. Unfortunately, he went to Alabama. Um, you know, I let him off on that, but uh, yeah, he's he's an awesome dude. Playoff action began with Riley and Burns finishing even on the par 4 18th hole before moving on to the par 4 16th where Riley could not answer Burns' long birdie. Very solid week, a lot to build on. Um, no, I can't hang my head about anything. I played a lot of good golf, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't have my best, best stuff today. PGA and FedEx Cup champion Justin Thomas and South Carolina's Matthew Neesmith tied for third place at minus 16, while Brian Harmon and Englishman Matthew Fitzpatrick finished three shots back at 14 under par. It's Sam Burns at 17 under par, winning on the second playoff hole for his third tour victory and second consecutive here on the Copperhead course at Innisbrook in the Valspar Championship. For the sunny side of sports, I'm George McNeely in Palm Harbor, Florida. Thanks, George. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games. 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt, and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs, and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes April 9th in Cairo, Egypt, where 2021 ball champion Zamalek will host Cobra Sport of South Sudan in the opening Nile Conference game. During the recent Sahara Conference competition in Dakar, Senegal, Teams from Rwanda, Tunisia, Morocco, and Guinea advanced to the Basketball Africa League playoffs in May. Relton Boyson is the head coach of South Africa's Cape Town Tigers team, which will compete in the Nile Conference in Cairo. Coach Boyson joined me in the Malian big man, Czech Tierro of the VOA's French to Africa service for a special Basketball Africa League discussion. I asked Coach Boyson what he thought of the quality of basketball played in Dakar. Sonny, I, I must confess um, 
the quality of basketball is much, much higher than what it was in season one of the Basketball Africa League. Uh, much more competitive. Defensive is much more organized. So the Basketball Africa League is really kicking off uh, on a very high note um, in 2022. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very, it was a very competitive coach, like you said. It. Um, my experience from watching last year, Sonny, it was way much better competitive-wise and uh, recruitment-wise and also more game and organization. And as we saw, the president of uh, Basketball Africa League, Galofal stated, he said he see the uh, improvement from talent-wise for every level that uh, this year took place in uh, uh, Senegal. Uh, I agree with him. Basketball-wise, I really think uh, it was uh, very, very enjoyable than that last year. Coach, we had teams from Rwanda, Tunisia, Morocco, and Guinea advance uh, from the Sahara Conference to the Basketball Africa League playoffs, which will take place in May in Rwanda. Uh, Of those four teams, Coach, were there any in particular that really stood out for you in terms of their performance? Uh, Yes, Sunny. It's it's very difficult to say uh, which team have done better. Um, but for me, in terms of, um, I like to summarize things in terms of team basketball, Ferreviaro, uh, Tabeira was the best in terms of um, team basketball. Um, but in terms of the four teams that, that made it, I love the energy of, of Slack. I love the energy of Crawford, the way they play together as a team. Um, U.S. Monster, they've, they've, been, they've been playing together for years. They have a structure, they've got a system in place. Um, so that's also one of the teams that they were supposed to, to be top of the league, but um, Rwanda Energy Group um, came in first year in BAL after beat Patriots um, in the qualifiers um, last year. Um, I think to everyone's surprise, um, they top of the lock. I think uh, this year was... Uh, um like coach just mentioned, you know, I always I'm a big fan of uh, big men on the league, you know. <laughs> I like uh, US Monster. Uh, I like Mojak energy or uh, his consistency since from last year. Uh like he mentioned, this is players that play for the national team together. They have a lot of experience playing together and uh they really have uh, a a guy Slimani who is really experienced player and they also have a uh, good point guard. They also got uh, Diabate from Zamalek last year, from the kid from Ivory Coast. So Zamalek, uh, uh, U.S. Monastery team was very impressive, but to recognize that uh, the Rwanda teams have run with the best coach on the tournament this year so far, also last year, we, con- we could see. And he managed to win so many games because of his coaching skills. Robert Pack. <laughs> yeah, Robert Pack. So I really enjoy watching them too. But like he said, the slack is a very good two, two those two teams did a very impressive first time in the league of uh, Slack and uh, Beira because uh, Slack was, um, they, this is their first time from Guinea to represent on the BL. Last year, they was not here. Uh, last year, Mozambique was there, but it was Maputo. But Beira also played together. We saw that uh, the roster was not even listed until after they play. That means they really work on something. They play together, like the coach just said. And I also like all this team was good, Sonny. The Senegal team, if they proved that they're good if they had to uh, put it things together because they beat one of the best teams that qualified to the playoff, which is Rwanda. And one of the games, they was very decided to win it, and they won it. So they could do the same thing, but, you know, it was a bunch of new guys together. 
it's hard to really put something together to have a victory or championship team like that, which is the struggle with. But both teams, that Beira and Slack that, and uh, Duke, that was not qualified. I think they're a very good team too. <laughs> they just didn't get it together like other teams, like Ayesali, uh, Lisa or figured it out. You know, after she lost oh, a couple games, and she figured it out, okay, I have to be impacting coaching-wise. You know, coaching is very important because if you got a two, two, three best player on your team, you cannot complain about winning the game, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw so struggling, we saw Aruna, we saw uh, uh, Arnan, the kid from Spain. So Liz really did a good job too to adjust coaching why, and I think she know the team a little bit better moving forward to the playoff. If you're just tuning in now, I'm in studio with Czech Tierro from VOA's French to Africa service. Also joining us from Cape Town, South Africa, is Relton Boyson the head coach of the Basketball Africa League's Cape Town Tigers team. Coach, we just heard Czech uh, talking about Coach Liz from A.S. Saleh from Morocco. Uh, we have Robert Pack uh, leading the Rwandan team. He's an American. Uh, Slack is coached by a Serbian. Uh, what, what do you think about this sort of international influence, Coach, Uh that we're that we're witnessing in the basketball Africa League. It's good for for, for Africa to have um, coaches from all over the world, um, Sunny. But what we must not forget is that um, uh, the local coaches from Africa. Um, it's opportunity for them that have win that came from their clubs uh, through the system, uh, through the qualification uh, championships. Um, uh, it's it's very important because um, they've put in the hard work to get the teams where they are today. That's Relton Boyson, the head coach of South Africa's Cape Town Tigers basketball team. And he spoke from Cape Town with me and the Malian big man, Czech Tierro of the VOA's French to Africa service in a special Basketball Africa League discussion. And that wraps up the March 21st edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm BOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>